Let me know if you've heard this phrase before. You believe what you want to believe, and I'll believe what I want to believe, and so long as we don't hurt each other, we'll just get along. Now, this phrase is familiar to me because I've said it before. I've said it to friends and people who I'm in communication with who I disagree with. But when I started saying it, it was years ago. And now, since then, I've changed. You may have heard this show criticize multiculturalism in the past, and we are going to return to the question of why doesn't multiculturalism work? If you were to expand even a little bit further when it comes to ideologies and belief systems, we're going to start addressing some of the problems that come to the classic idea of liberalism, oftentimes represented by libertarianism. Now, this problem is only one side of the coin. There is the other side of the coin, which is authoritarianism. And the question that we have, and the, re and the, and the premise that I'm going to argue, is that when liberalism, this idea that we have libertine opportunities, a society built not on morals and values, but on individual free will, ultimately it will always end in a veiled until unveiled form of authoritarianism. This is the Redacted Culture Cast. It is a podcast and a show dedicated to the difficult questions that, de that deal with things like violence and philosophy and how we think about culture and how we think about society. It has to do with the rigorous side of philosophy, which has been all but abandoned by the, ac the academies for years, thankfully, or thanks to something like the French Continentals, although that is a little bit too vague to be considered a hard statement. Rather, we're along for the ride in our day and age where it seems like the people who spend the most time talking about what is right and true and good oftentimes spend the most time negating it in their arguments. So let's dig in. The title might be something like this. Why does multiculturalism not work? Or why doesn't cult multiculturalism work? And the, the short answer is because it requires a foundation that it itself is in contradiction to. The only way that you can have a collected, a group of people agree and live on in some sense of harmony is if they agree about the most fundamental things in their lives. And we might say, well, that is why religious communities tend to stick together until they suddenly don't, but I need to be more specific. You may say that we have a collected and unified moral code codified into our law, but there are disagreements in within the law. How do, we make uh, how do we make room for people to have disagreements with one another? What is the correct boundary between the will and actions of the individual and the supervision or authoritarianism of the government? There's this long phrase that comes up, comes in from time to time, is that we believe in the separation of church and state. But when, while we say that very often in our political discourse, we very, very rarely give credence or context to what that actually implies. Instead, we live with the child's caricature that it is that the separation of church and state simply means there is no state-sponsored church. But what, as we come to understand and as we come to live in this world, we realize that religion isn't so simple as an organized belief system. Religion deals with the hard questions of what is morality? What does it mean to be a human? And so when we discard the concept of religion entirely, we might find ourselves throwing out the foundation 
and not being able to answer the hard questions when they're placed in front of us. It is my address that our culture is dealing with this exact problem right now. We have tried to gain the fruit without the process of gardening. We've tried to get the benefit of getting along without establishing what we're getting along over. Now, in my opinion, multiculturalism, which may challenge the definition itself, uh, multiculturalism is a skin suit that tries to acquire the benefits of a rigorous philosophy without actually doing the work. Multiculturalism oftentimes is presented in this fairy tale-like environment, oftentimes portrayed by movies and video games, accentuating the fairy tale, that if you take all the cultures of the world and you just take away the things that make them fight each other, we can get along. Wouldn't it be beautiful to be able to travel to the Middle East and engage in their culture and then travel back to America and enjoy what we consider our culture as well, learning from one another, gaining from each other's perspectives, and steadily moving forward towards a more enlightened view? Later, we're going to have to attack this, e this idea of the term enlightenment because wherever we find it, we often find a poison something that rots at the bones. We want enlightenment, but we don't know what it is anymore because we've allowed it to become some sort of vague term of superiority. I know. I'm one of the enlightened ones. But multiculturalism, again, paints this picture in looking at what the conclusion might look like, but not what that conclusion is built upon. If we were to create a society, the melting pot of America, where all these different cultures could get along and just live along, they have to live along by some standard. How do we uh, organize and understand the differences between peoples? How do we settle disputes in the most humane way? Well, if your foundation of reality, your moral code, and your, your understandings of metaphysics, your worldview, are so antithetical to mine, on what grounds can we sit evenly to talk about this subject unless there's a third party leveling the field? Now, this makes sense, because if we could level the field, you could have your ideas and I could have my ideas, and we could come together and willingly participate in conversation. We like to believe that we could come to some greater conclusion. But in order to come to that conclusion, in order to make this happen, we have to choose voluntarily to be willing to listen to somebody else. And this is where multiculturalism goes wrong, is that instead of providing an environment, or even not even that, because that's what nature does, it doesn't, nature provides the environment, it actually claims that it's advocating for some sort of peace and harmony, but it's doing it by the sword. If you were to have a border dispute between two types of plant life, multiculturalism would be cutting them all down to the roots so that they don't have the grounds to fight over anything anymore. Sure, the are sure the parts and the pieces of those two types of plant life get to continue to survive, but it's in such a cat catastrophic state. It's in such a, dis um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's in such a diminished state that its root structure, its values are no longer there. Let's improve the metaphor. You have two types of plant life trying to co-inhabitate in, co in a certain environment. 
but the problem is they're antithetical to one another. The only way to get them to live in harmony would be to kill their root structures and have all of their so-called visible life be superficial entirely. You see versions of this in nature where you've got fields of flowers and there's border lines and so on and so forth. You see this in also nature with animals, with especially animals like chimpanzees who do require some form of border between troops because they tend to get violent towards each other. But what about mankind? How come we live in this space where you are allowed to believe whatever you want to believe so long as it doesn't mean anything to you. If we are to live by this premise, this idea that all society can be flattened, how are we surprised in any way, shape, or form that in societies that have adopted this mentality, suicide prevails? We tend to think about suicide, or actually I, I oftentimes hear suicide talked about as a bourgeoisie problem, a problem that the wealthy people have. You don't oftentimes hear about suicide in developing countries, or developing countries, whatever you want to call it. But you do see it happen in, as the uh, ghost of the Cold War continues on, first world countries. And so we tend to boil it down into economic grounds. Well, once societies become so fat and happy that it's no longer a struggle to survive, it's no surprise that we see people lose a sense of living and decide to engage in tragedy. This isn't to diminish the tragedy of suicide, but it is to address the problem. When you advocate for multiculturalism, you cut down the roots and you cut out the foundations that give people a reason to live for. And you do this by veiled authoritarianism oftentimes veiled in just moral statements, these, these sort of authoritarian moral dictums uh, in, that in their own right. And so this is how we address it. Separation of church and state might look something more like this. You do not allow one man to wield the pulpit and the sword at the same time. One of the most egregious failures in this of this separation that took place in the 20th century was the communist Russia fiasco, to, call it, to, to put it lightly. What you saw is you saw a state, somebody who wields the sword, and as the Bible says, the, the government does not wield the sword in vain, it saw a state that wields the sword stay or take hold of the pulpit and claim that it is the moral arbiter as well that the state itself got to choose that which is moral and execute it. There was no separation of powers. There was no separation between executioner, judge, or jury. And so we see this happening in a humanist sense when you, when you fail to separate church and state. But how do we do it when we see in culture? Sure, we can paint ex exaggerated caricatures of the uh, post, even post-medieval Europe or the Spanish Inquisition, as uh, Monty Python likes to inject into their videos, <coughs> but or well liked to. I guess it's a post. It's it's post now. But the point to being said here, the point to be said about ideas of separation, church and state, is we may mimic the idea 
without understanding and creating the, the uh, foundation by which it continues to live on. So that being the case, as we talk about this idea of community, of culture, and of getting along, perhaps what we need to do is we need to look back a layer deeper, a layer closer to what it is that we build our communities on. The foundation of a culture is its morals, sometimes its myths, and what it believes to be true. You find built into that full example a statement about what is reality, what is man, where does morality come from, how do we know it, and what is our telos, what is our goal, what are our values. And the problem that you get in the 21st century in this mentality of liberalism is that the state itself doesn't have control over these things. Well, that's not the problem. That's the virtue. That's the good thing about it. True. Okay, so now I have to take a step back on what I'm saying. It isn't the problem with liberalism as an idea is that no man should be forced to act as if he believes something he doesn't. It's June. So when you have this idea that no man should be forced to believe something he doesn't, what do you do then when you have a authority which claims that you can be a part of this giant melting pot so long as you agree to our premises? In fact, multiculturalism is kinda has, be has kind of become like that, have you read the terms and service of this social media account? Well, yes, but no. Like, you know that there's something there that's being said, but multiculturalism is exactly like that. It is the, have you read the terms and service agreement in order to use the app, except for the app is the nation, it's the state, it's, the, it's, it's this big thing. And if we don't understand the terms, we don't engage in those terms, then we can find ourselves on the outside of it. We can find ourselves betrayed by what we think it's supposed to mean. And then you have to start asking, what's the alternative? The irony and the dark contradiction is it is the opposite of what you would say is John Stuart Mill type liberalism to force multiculturalism on the community. That would be betraying the fruit for the tree. Well, betraying the tree for the fruit. So you, you, you burn the tree to get the fruit. And so in that case, and mind you, this is only one side of the coin, in that case, we have to look at what we consider to be right and true and good and weigh it against the values that are being placed upon us. Do we live by them? Do we agree by them? Do we want to, quote unquote, get along? Is getting along enough? Sure, you live in harmony with your neighbors. Many, many people live in these suburban worlds where they don't necessarily get into violent skirmishes with their neighbors. Uh, but they live lives of quiet desperation, dying in their homes alone. The hellscape of suburbia is not the shiplap of Joanna Gaines. The hellscape of suburbia, as it's described, is that we've cut down all the trees to make sure none of them grow too tall. We've washed ourselves into obscurity 
abandoning our virtues and abandoning our values for some sort of illusion of getting along. In order to have a community, you must have a foundation. That foundation might be built on a collected myth. That myth is not something as simple as a fairy tale with a moral attached to it. That myth is something that you build your lives upon. And so once we abandon the idea that myth is mostly fiction, and we start moving towards an understanding that the story that's told in myth is deeper than the factual nature of the story, then we start to get somewhere. In order to have a community, you must have community values. You must have things that you believe in. This is represented many times in small religious structures. Even the Gnostics have taken down this road. Even the cults have gone down this road. And so somehow, we find ourselves searching for a ideal community or the ideal community, or how we think about community, finding ourselves with destruction on both sides. Perhaps it's the Aristotelian golden mean. On the one side, you have the cult, the authority, 1984, the horrors of authoritarianism, the fusion of church and state into the Catholic, or I'm sorry, into the fusion of church and state into the communist government fervor maybe it's the the spanish inquisition the secret police who are given credence given control by the lords of our time to execute on their will whatever it is was the spanish inquisition a religious fervor or was it a political move historians can tackle that question for now but on the one side, we have this authoritarian uh, as we are walking down a narrow road. On the one side, you have the oblivion that comes from authoritarianism. You have no privacy. Thought life is observed. And perhaps that's where we're marching. And on the other side, you have the morass of meaninglessness. There is nothing that we live by. None of the thing, none of your values matter because anyone can have any value. So long as they claim it, it's theirs. And so you want to have community with people, but the things that you would have some sort of camaraderie over are abolished for the sake of getting along. We have forsaken community. We have forsaken camaraderie for kindness. Or the veil paled, or the pale veiled corpse of kindness, let's just call it that way. And it's the strange thing that you get is that when you try to present multiculturalism as the sort of virtues, that the goal is not that we believe anything, but that we just get along. What you end up having to create, you are almost required by its production, is you have to create some authority measure by which that is accomplished. And this is how excesses in liberalism, the abolition of meaning, the mockery of true belief results in the abolition of meaning, which must be enforced by an authority. Where do we go from here? 
Choose your values. Invest in them. Submit to them. Die to them. We have to choose our values. And be willing to live with others who have those as well. Participation is always going to be voluntary. It can never be enforced. Religion, belief, faith, in imagination, real commitment must always come voluntary. Brotherhood, community, tribe, whatever the words that, you're th that we're talking about that have to do with a collection of people who choose to come together under a common goal must require that common belief system. And we're going to have to work through it. But in the meantime, if you think that the answer to all of this is why can't we just get along, that belief system has no foundation. It will never go anywhere. It will always leave us wanting. Because we may gain the comfort and the complacency <coughs> of neighbors that are too neutered to harm us but it comes at the cost of our own soul, our own commitment to reality, our own sense of purpose and direction. Don't say that they robbed it from you. That will leave you empty. We all make this choice on our own. We all choose what we believe. The abdication of choice in this sense is a choice in itself. So choose this day to invest a little bit in to what you believe in and live up to that ideal. This has been the Redacted Culture Cast. If you want to support the show, you can head over to redactedculture.locals.com. You can also support us over at our shop at redactedllc.com, but it's probably going to be closed by the time you hear this. We'll be reopening it at some point in time. But most importantly, thank you for your time. Thank you for listening to us engaging in these harder conversations. As we continue down this road, we may, we will, I will continue to address the source of that meaninglessness that the West feels. Until next time, keep your hatchet sharp and your powder dry.